the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Liberals are confused. I know that happens a lot, but uh, they're really confused now because they were surprised yesterday by that big announcement that the CDC... Uh, when, when the CDC said that uh, masks are no longer required if you are vaccinated. And we have a perfect example of someone who is thoroughly confused, so much so that, uh, so much so that uh, she emerged as a late winner of our weekly honor here. And now it's time for The Jerk of the Week, starring John Steigerwald. And here she is, speaking for liberal jerks everywhere, Rachel Maddow, last night. It is an amazing thing. I mean, I will just tell you at a personal level, I'm sorry for speaking of all that in such personal terms with with Dr. Walensky, but when I was talking to people today about this new guidance and what to ask her, everybody had very personal feelings about it, and I realized I did too in all these questions. Part of it is that I feel like I'm going to have to rewire myself so that when I see somebody out in the world who's not wearing a mask, I don't instantly think you are a threat <laughs> or you are selfish or you are a covid denier and you definitely haven't been vaccinated. I mean, we're going to have to rewire the way that we look at each other because the CDC's guidance, which she just told me we are sure, is that if you're vaccinated, you don't need to wear a mask except in very specific circumstances. And so that means as we change that as a country, we are going to look at each other differently and have to unwire our preconceptions about what a mask or a lack of a mask means. President Biden spoke to that a little bit today, asking for people to, President Biden actually and Dr. Fauci both spoke to that today, asking for people to essentially be patient, be compassionate, give people respect for whatever they decide on this front, because with these, with this changing guidance, we're going to now have changing norms and we got to give each other space to have feelings about that um, as we go through what's going to be a big change that's going to create a lot of visceral um, a lot of visceral reaction in a lot of us just in our day-to-day lives. It's big day, big change. Yeah, big change. Uh, I've seen and heard reports about where masks are still required around here. One place is Giant Eagle. I've heard about other shops and restaurants where nobody's wearing a mask, which is good. Now, uh, instead of yelling at people to fix their masks, which I'm sure Rachel would do if she were out in public, liberals will be demanding proof of vaccination. And by the way, speaking of Giant Eagle, um, did we ever get the final death toll on all those heroic giant eagle workers and other grocery workers who uh, died from the early days of COVID? Or was that just a little bit overblown like, you know, everything else? Anyway, uh, meanwhile, this coming Tuesday, don't forget, is Election Day. We could have an interesting race for mayor in Pittsburgh. But when we come back, a huge fight in Philadelphia. Oh, how about, uh, yeah, let's do the jerk clothes. First of all, make it official. The Jerk of the Week is brought to you by Windows R Us, Pittsburgh's premier exterior replacement company. Expert repair and replacement for windows, roofs, siding, doors, gutters, and downspouts. Why pay double? Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That's right. The Jerk of the Week Award is made possible by the uh, f- our friends at Windows R Us, and they're all, it's also made possible by Jerks like Rachel Maddow. When we come back, we're going to talk about a huge fight in Philadelphia for the district attorney where crime there is through the roof. It's pretty interesting. Stick around. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof, or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. 
Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. That offers valid through 63021. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrustpittsburgh.com. That's windowsrustpittsburgh.com. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to announce my new product, My Slippers. They took me over two years to develop because I didn't want just an ordinary slipper. My slippers are meant to be worn all day long, no matter what you're doing, whether you're inside or outside. My slippers come with an exclusive three-tier cushioning system that you won't find in any other slipper. It combines two layers of foam, including my proprietary My Pillow foam and a patented impact gel made from U.S. soybeans. My three-tier cushioning system is going to help relieve pressure points, provide that micro support you need for all day comfort, and help prevent fatigue. Not only that, my slippers are made with high quality leather and a premium indoor outdoor sole that make them extremely durable. I personally guarantee they're going to be the most comfortable slippers you'll ever own. This is John Steigerwald. Visit mypillow.com for deep discounts on all my pillow products, including the new my slippers. Click the radio listener square and enter promo code STAG or call 800 716 8087. Remember, use that promo code STAG. It's totally normal to be constipated with belly pain, straining, and bloating again and again. No way. You could have a chronic condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. Linzess, or linaclotide, is a prescription that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives to help relieve belly pain and let you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor today. You may be able to save on Lens S and make fewer trips to the pharmacy. See if you're eligible to pay as little as $30 for 90 days. Visit LensS.com or call 1-800-L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. Sponsored by Abbey and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. It seems like just yesterday when I captured my son's first steps or when we recorded his soccer games on VHS tapes, those moments are gone. But the old home movies and pictures don't need to be. That's why my son created Legacy Box. That's right, Mom. Over 800000 families have used Legacy Box to digitally preserve their home movies and photos. Simply fill Legacy Box with your old camcorder tapes, film, and photos. They will professionally digitize and send them back on DVDs, thumb drive, or the cloud. With families staying close and Mother's Day around the corner, it's the perfect time to get your Legacy Box and save your family's history. After all, few things are as important as protecting your precious memories. Give your mom a Mother's Day present she'll never forget. Plus, Legacy Box is offering a 50% discount. Order your Legacy Box today. Visit LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. And for a limited time, get an incredible 50% off your order. This is one of the best discounts we've offered. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX for 50% off. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. Veterans face treacherous situations filled with peril while serving our country. Many veterans come home physically injured, suffering with PTSD, have traumatic brain injuries or other ailments. Treatment is available, but we need your help. Help Heal Veterans, with the support of generous citizens like you, improves veterans' lives on a daily basis across the United States. For over 45 years, 
Help Heal Veterans has provided over 30 million therapeutic art kits and craft projects to these critically injured veterans at no charge to them. Doctors, therapists, and brain injury experts recommend this type of therapy. Since the beginning of World War I, over 100 years ago, art and craft therapy has proven to improve gross motor skills, improve memory, and lessen anger issues in healing veterans. To volunteer or learn more, visit HealVets.org. Help a veteran. Visit HealVets.org. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, uh, we are waiting for a guest who uh, has not um, called in. So uh, let me just, um, I'll t- I'm going to tell you about the story in, in uh, Philadelphia anyway, because it's interesting. Uh, when I get a chance, I'll, I'll tell you about it. But um, before I get to that, I wanted to, um, this is amazing, because we talked about the, the vaccines and, uh, and, the, and the masks and everything that, uh, that Rachel Maddow was talking about there. And um, uh, this is amazing. This is a, and what's going on around town today? Um, I had someone call me and say they went to Giant Eagle and they have the mask police, the Giant Eagle mask police, uh, manning the door. You can't get in if you don't have a mask on. So you know, you know that's annoying to me and it's stupid and all that stuff. But it, it that's not as bad as it. Excuse me, it being um, it being mandated by the government. That's that's not as big a deal when that happens that way. Because uh, if you have a private business and you want to make me wear a funny hat before I come in, that's fine. Uh, that's your right. It's your private property. I'm a big private property guy, and you can you can do whatever you want. You can tell me that I'm not tall enough to come in. Whatever you want, uh, it's your your store. But uh, but but for some reason, Giant Eagle is uh, still going to be very strict on the masks. Uh, and I, I don't know. Uh, you heard what Rachel Maddow said there. Uh, uh, I don't know what to make of it. I mean, they're vaccines. It's a miracle that the vaccine became available. People are taking it in huge numbers, maybe not as huge as um, the government and Joe Biden would would like, but um, people are getting vaccinated. So uh, at what point would will Rachel Maddow and the people at Giant Eagle and everywhere else feel um, comfortable enough to just not expect to see a mask on somebody's face when they walk in the store. I mean, when are we going to get to that point? Well, anyway, this is amazing. Um, This is uh, a poll that was taken. And adults who have not been vaccinated for COVID-19 are more likely than, than vaccinated adults to express comfort toward a variety of public activities. So they broke it down. And this is the way it's broken down. This is, you know, between people who have been vaccinated and who have not been vaccinated. So going on a cruise, people who have been vaccinated, 17% of them are okay with going on a cruise, okay? 37% of the people who have not been vaccinated are okay with going on a cruise. So, uh the vaccinated people are twice as uh, uh, the the unvaccinated people are twice as comfortable taking a cruise as the vaccinated people. I mean, what's the point of the vaccine if you're still afraid of everything? Would you? What did you go get the jab for? You know. So, and and where's what? First of all, I don't know why anybody would go on a cruise now. Sorry, but uh, just with the idea, you go on a cruise with I don't know how many. Uh, thousands of I've never been on one I have no interest in one but uh, but uh, I don't know how many people are on those gigantic ships it's in the thousands I guess what, what if one person gets COVID you got to turn around or everybody heads for the lifeboats I'm not going I don't want to have no interest whatsoever in going on a cruise but but it's interesting that the people who are vaccinated are less likely to be okay with it than the people who are not how about attending a concert Forty-two percent of the people who uh, are not vaccinated would be okay with going to a concert. Twenty-three percent of of the vaccinated are. So that leaves a lot of people. Twenty-three uh, percent is all the uh, of all the people of the people who have been vaccinated. Only twenty-three percent of them are okay with going to a concert. I, I mean, you got vaccinated. You're and 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 
you're fine, uh, uh, supposedly, although the word's out now that Bill Maher, who was vaccinated, has uh, tested positive for COVID, so I don't know. But, I mean, it even it either works or it doesn't. It either gives you the freedom to go back to living your life or it doesn't. So then there's this, attending a work conference. That's a pretty big deal. I mean, that sounds to me like just, you know, are you are you okay with going to work? Uh, 25% of the vaccinated people are okay with attending a work conference. 43% of the unvaccinated are okay with going to a work. It's almost, it's almost uh, twice as many in all these categories. It's almost twice as many of the non-vaccinated are willing to take these gigantic risks and show up at a concert uh, with the prospect that there's a, that you could very possibly die from being there if you if you know if uh, I guess if you happen to sit less than six feet away from someone who's not vaccinated, even though you're vaccinated, you're still going to die. Apparently, I don't know, but people are afraid. So that's a work conference. So that that's people going back to work. Uh, and the vaccine, uh, you would think that there are a lot of businesses around here everywhere where. Uh, they've been closed, and they're not going to open because um, not enough. The people are afraid. Even even the vaccinated people are afraid. Uh, traveling abroad, fifteen percent are okay with that of the, among the vaccinated. Thirty-two percent of the unvaccinated are okay. Again, twice as many people who don't have the vaccine would be willing to travel abroad than the people who have the vaccine. And then there's this, the visiting of an amusement park. Now, from what I understand, uh, I think uh, Kenny Wood said, yeah, I think, uh, okay, Kennedy, the um, the uh, Kennywood um, people have said that uh, you're okay coming in there uh, if you're vaccinated. You don't have to have a mask on. And then it comes down to who's going to prove that, you know, how are you going to prove that uh, you were vaccinated? That'll be the next thing. Well, in case you hadn't noticed, uh, we do have an election coming up on Tuesday. Uh, and uh, down in, we, we, we could have a pretty interesting race for mayor here, but it would be a shock if Bill Peduto doesn't win. In Philadelphia, the race for district attorney is really interesting. Uh, crime is way up. Uh, but Tom Nichols is a writer for City Journal from Philadelphia, and he joins us now. Tom, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Hi, John. Yes, thanks for the invite. So it's Larry Krasner versus John McNesby. Uh, is this a, a good guy and a bad guy here, or are we talking about worse and worser? Well, John McNesby is actually the president of the FOP, so he's not running for DA. The other, the other candidate for the uh, Democratic May 18th primary is Carlos Vega. And, um, but I would say that McNesby is probably Larry Krasner's most vocal critic in the city. Oh, so so it's it's McNesby is raising the storm, and it's the Vega who uh, who Krasner has to beat. Um, yeah, but 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 yeah, Krasner Vega, ran. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Um, Vega has been very very careful to focus his criticism on Krasner, but he's kind of avoiding, you know, general criticisms of. The I guess you would call it the leftist reforms of the criminal justice system. So yeah. this is all concentrated on Larry Krasner. Um, but it has gotten at least, um, I mean, thousands of Republicans to register as Democrats in order to vote in the May 18th uh, primary. I think 6,200 have switched to the uh, Democratic Party in order to vote for Vega. So oh, okay. there's a real concerted effort here. So Krasner ran on putting an end to mass incarcerations and, and the elimination of cash bail uh, back in 2017. Did he yeah. win because he was the Democrat, or did people actually like those uh, those ideas? Um, good question. I, I think both both of those answers are true. It's if you're a Republican, it's very very hard to get elected in Philadelphia, unlike Manhattan, which. It does open a window occasionally. Um, the criminal justice system here did need some reform, to be truthful. Um, the police culture here, traditionally, as I mentioned in my piece in City Journal, has been a problem dating from the 70s. 
Now, while that needed some reform, it does not need the radical reforms that Krasner is now swimming in, and that's the problem. Yeah, and people laughed when he announced that he would run, didn't they? And yes, what they got did. him to stop um, laughing? Yeah, even uh, people in his own law firm, which I haven't been able to determine the reason for that. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, certainly, you know, Larry Krasner is no comedian, and he seems like a pretty serious fellow. I've never met the man. Uh, he's impossible to interview, by the way. I did contact his office several times, hoping for a phone interview and never heard from them. Um, McNesby, although he's very, very hard to interview as well, at least his PR person came through. Mm -hmm. Now, you write that, uh, that Krasner is part of the progressive prosecutor movement. How big is that movement, and have any of them actually been successful? Oh, yes. <clears throat> I think in uh, California, <clears throat> um, excuse me, um, most of it, there are a string of DAs across the country that um, one can trace George Soros' money to. And, <clears throat> you know, Krestner's main financial support is outside of the city, and um, which um, a lot of people find highly suspect. Um, and, of course, there's this docu-series out now, which is getting rave reviews, and which has been seen by some critics as kind of a fluff PR piece for Larry Krasner, rather than a true objective look at him. Um, so he's become a national uh, celebrity. And <clears throat> um, you can't see this uh, series, by the way, in um, Philadelphia until after the uh, primary. So... Um, I guess some attempts were made to sort of keep it away from potential voters until then. But, but um, and we're talking to Tom Nichols of City Journal, um, but this guy ran on um, emptying the prisons and letting, letting people out on bail easier, um, and crime is through the roof, including homicides. How does, yeah. that, how does that translate to having people think that they'd like to see this guy get another term? Well, it would it would be very very disturbing to many people if he did win. Uh, I mean, you know that there's been a 33 percent increase in homicides this year when compared to May 2020, for instance. And <clears throat> you can't go in any city neighborhood. the The opposition to Krasner is quite startling because it's coming from hardcore Democrats, people who have always voted Democratic, uh, union people. I, I mean, and and so even during the national election, uh, people threw their support behind Biden and Harris, but they were adamant they didn't want Krasner, and there are even many complaints about Mayor Kenny. So he's he's kind of fallen into this... Uh, shadow area himself, although the mayor has not endorsed anyone for DA. He, he is walking a neutral route, um, and he's saying you just have to vote your conscience. You, uh, I think people have to make up their own minds, he says. So mm -hmm. that kind of leads me to think what happened between the mayor and Krasner on a, on a private insider note. Yeah, and... Um how how is he how is he going to um, overcome all this and win and and how is um, how, what what does this race mean nationally if it's if this guy is successful with everything that he's done and he's a he's a George Soros guy for the movement as you say I think I think it's quite significant uh, and because the the opposition is very vibrant and vocal here, the opposition against Krasner. But Krasner has the status quo elected politicians on his side. He has, I guess, what like Lincoln Stephan said like decades ago in The Shame of the Cities, he has, he has uh, the people who already have the power on his side. And that's pretty powerful in this city. Um, yeah. Um, the machine is um, all-encompassing.
That was the word I was just going to use, machine. I'm out of time, Tom, but I appreciate you coming on. It's an interesting race to watch. He's going to win, isn't he? <laughs> um, I don't want to make any predictions, but I have so little faith. I don't trust the Philadelphia machine, and um, I don't know, John. Um, I okay. don't want to give it any psychic you okay. know, push. Well, okay. Thanks for being here. That's, okay, uh, sure, John. That's Tom Nichols, City Journal. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Democrats are divided over U.S. support for Israel and its fight against the Hamas terrorist group. Democrats are seeing a fracture in their normally unified ranks over the issue of U.S. support for the Jewish state. Anti-Israel sentiments coming from lawmakers like Representative Ilhan Omar, who calls Israeli airstrikes that left civilians dead in Gaza terrorist attacks. Progressives like Elizabeth Warren and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez condemning Israel's planned evictions in East Jerusalem. But Maryland Democrat Ben Cardin joins most Republicans in praising Israel as what he calls a country of law. Cardin says he has confidence in Israel's legal system. Bob Agner reporting. Gas shortages have spread from the south, almost exhausting supplies in Washington, D.C. Meanwhile, Colonial Pipeline reported making substantial progress in getting the pipeline back in full service. On Wall Street, the Dow had 422 points and the Nasdaq 331 points higher. This is SRN News. I have two dogs, Sam and Bailey. Both are golden retrievers. Poor Sam, he was a mess. Always itching. His paws were soaking wet all day from just constant licking. He had bald spots on his back. I just don't like putting shots and steroids into your dog all the time. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite is nutrition. Probably two weeks after he started Dynavite, I started seeing great improvements. And today, 99% of his issues are non-existent. It's amazing stuff. Since Bailey has been 12 weeks old, he's been a Dynavite dog. And he has zero issues today. He won't eat his food without Dynavite. When I get out the Dynavite, my dogs actually salivate. Like I'm getting them a treat. They drool over it. Dynavite is the best thing you can do for your dog. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my Dynavite from D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. AM 1250, The Answer. AM 1250, The Answer dot com. Hugh Hewitt. The Hugh Hewitt Show. Hi, it's Hugh Hewitt on Monday. We review that it's the actual postponed tax day and then cover all the news of the war in Israel that occurred over the weekend. I'll bring you up to date on everything that is happening. Hope we talk with Michael Oren from Israel at that moment. Don't miss Monday's Hugh Hewitt Show. Hugh Hewitt, weekday mornings at 6, right before Mike Gallagher at 9 on AM 1250, The Answer. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Writing an estate plan is one thing. Having the experience to administer the estate is something else. At Abernathy and Hagerman, estate administration isn't a side job, it's what we do. You have the same goals we all do, to protect your assets, to minimize taxes, and ensure your inheritance gets to the ones that you love. How you get there, that's specific to you. So let's talk. Hagerman Law, legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. If you're thinking of replacing your carpets due to pet stains and odors, you must try Genesis 950. The reviews are amazing, as this is one product that actually works. With water, it breaks down the bonds of stains and odors, so they're gone for good. Its antibacterial component removes pet odors from carpet and padding. It can be used in a carpet cleaning machine, and it's green, so it's safe for your family and pets. Genesis 950 is made in America. If you are tired of pet cleaners that don't work, it's time to buy Genesis 950. One gallon of industrial strength Genesis 950 makes up to seven gallons of cleaner. But Genesis 950 is not just for pet stains. It's great for bathrooms, kitchens, floors, upholstery, and grease stains. Consider Genesis 950 before purchasing new carpets. Genesis 950 has great customer service. Order one gallon direct at Genesis950.com to receive a free spray bottle, free shipping, and $10 coupon using code PETS. That's $10 coupon using code PETS. That's Genesis950.com. Discount only available at Genesis950.com. Genesis 950, much cheaper than replacing your carpets. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. 
stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Hanging on to some delays on the outbound Liberty Bridge. Looks like about a seven-minute backup. Heavy inbound 28 Fox Chapel Road to the Highland Park Bridge. Still solid on the Parkway East. Outbound along line there, Boulevard of the Allies, out to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. On the inbound side, slow to the tunnel. Forbes Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge, very busy. Outbound on the Parkway West, about a 10-minute delay. Banksville Road to Carnegie. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer, weather. We'll see mainly clear skies for tonight with a low of 43. Partly sunny tomorrow, tomorrow's high 69. Tomorrow night becoming cloudy with a low of 48. Sunday will have times of clouds and sun. Sunday will reach a high of 67. Monday mostly cloudy with a high of 70. As temperatures warm, please look before you lock. Make sure you don't leave your child unattended in your vehicle. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, if you woke up from a uh, 10-year coma today and saw some of the ads being run by uh, various branches of the military, you'd think you woke up in the wrong country. Uh, It's all about diversity and wokeness now. Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Loheimer sees a Marxist agenda. He's the author of Irresistible Revolution, Marxism's Goal of Conquest and the Unmaking of the American Military, and he joins us now. Lieutenant Colonel, thanks for being here. Thanks, John. I sure appreciate your time. So uh, what's happening? I mean, why the sudden interest in systemic racism in the military? Is, was that a gradual thing or did it just come on quickly? Well, it's uh, funny you ask it in that way uh, because there's a phrase that I use towards the end of my book. Uh, that's a great question. How and why has this happened? And I say it happened in two ways, gradually and then suddenly. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a lineage of ideas that needs to be traced, but not just in the Department of Defense. Uh, it needs to be traced back into the university, for example, and into the Cold War era. And so I try and do that throughout the book to describe the evolution of uh, Marxist, neo-Marxist thought. It's called a number of different things uh, within the academy. Of course, it doesn't and hasn't always gone by uh, the name of Marxism, for example. Uh, Postmodernism, critical theory, critical race theory is its most uh, recent manifestation. And so those things have been brewing for some time uh, within the country writ large. And seeds have been planted, of course, both within society and within the Department of Defense, And just recently, of course, those seeds have begun sprouting all over, including within the Department of Defense. And so that's what's uh, led me to write the book. Is white supremacy in the military uh, a solution looking for a problem, or is it actually a problem? Well, if and where it exists, I'd say it's a problem. And that's one question that's entirely different. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. the uh, commander of the United States Strategic Command, as well as the commander of the United States Space Command, uh, both testified uh, in Congress uh, that in their 30-plus years in the service, they've not known of white supremacy or white extremism. Uh, I would say, and and it's just my personal view, I I can't pretend to know what data uh, the Defense Department or its leaders have available to them. I've not experienced that in my time in the service. Uh, the, The cynical or critical listener will tell you, well, that's because you're white. Um, but I'll tell you that the Defense Department has always been extremely clear my entire time in, ever since I showed up at the Air Force Academy in 2000, that we don't tolerate discrimination based on race, sex, politics, religion of any kind. Uh, and I think that that's still true in the Defense Department. Uh, every person I work with uh, understands that we don't discriminate. Certainly we don't against one another because we wear the same uniform. We take the same oath. We, if you're in the same unit, share the same mission. And so, you know, we have an obligation to remain apolitical for a reason, and it's so that we don't get divided uh, and that we remain uh, a united fighting force. Well, you you mentioned that it's so you don't get divided. Um, Mm. Does that mean that this is all about dividing? That's the whole point? Yeah, well, uh, ideology... Uh, which is essentially a form of religion. Uh, its ideology is probably best understood as a philosophy combined with a moral imperative. And uh, it has a tendency to divide because it defines for the practitioner 
who in the world is evil and who is good or virtuous. And so one of the things that you see playing out right now uh, across the country, you know, what I, what I describe in my book, uh, and it's a provocative title intentionally, and I do get into military culture, but what you see playing out broadly in, the, in society at the moment is that when we start to use uh, these narratives that have certain vocabulary that are ideologically based, they always divide because it breaks people into groups and we have identity politics. And that's, uh, as I described in the second part of my book, rooted in Marxist ideology, I spend 80 pages there because soundbite answers in a soundbite world often fail to um, convey understanding. And so that's why a book is necessary. Um, And my sense at the moment, I'll say, is that uh, the many, many active duty service members that are already purchasing and reading the book are extremely grateful for it. They've let me know on emails, phone calls, texts. Many of them, I don't know. Most of them I've never heard of before and don't know. And they uh, stem from the the lowest of the ranks and the enlisted force to senior leaders within the Defense Department who are uh, commanders in the various services. They've all reached out saying that they're so grateful and this has only been available for a week and a half. So uh, if if there is a kind of resistance to the ideas that are presented in the book, say by anyone in the in the Defense Department who's in leadership, I would just hope that they take the time to consider the ideas in the book, and then consider the voice of uh, what is, in my view, largely the the preponderance of personnel in the Defense Department, and see that you know there's there's a reason they're grateful for what I've written at this time. Yeah, we're talking to the, Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Lohimer. He's a uh, the author of Irresistible Revolution, Marxism's Goal of Conquest and the Unmaking of the American Military. Uh, you write that this is a long-standing plot against America, and you said it's been kind of gradual and sudden at the same time, but but how long-standing is it, and who's in on the plot, and what's the goal? Right. And is it, is it uh, well-defined, the goal? Yeah, I think that it is a well-defined goal. It's taken, now, the, the aims are very clear. Uh, It's the dismantling and destruction of Western civilization, specifically uh, the last standing paradise of bourgeois society, as Friedrich Engels called it, the United States. Uh, And so what I try and do in the work is, uh, if you'll permit me for just a moment, I'll tell you about the three parts of the book to kind of answer that question. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first part of the book, it's important to tee up the greatness of the American ideal. Uh, The entire first 40, 50 pages of the book describes uh, an accurate or at least an attempt at an honest summary of America's founding history as well as uh, a summary of our founding philosophy because you have to contrast what is beautiful, America's founding philosophy, with what is ugly in order to fully appreciate what is ugly and evil, and that's Marxist communist ideology. In the second part of the book, I start to get into the history and lineage of ideas that are Marxist uh, if I'm going to assert that it is neo-Marxist ideology, for example, that is the unmaking of society and the military, you have to understand uh, where that ideology uh, comes from. And so we start with, even before Karl Marx and Friedrich Engels, I spent a little bit of time in the century before that, but then move right into uh, what is the meat of part of the book, and that's the 1848 Communist Manifesto, which was written by Karl Marx and Friedrich Engels to publicly expound the views of the communists to the whole world. And in section one of that manifesto is a narrative of history that's developed that is, mm, has some truth to it, but it's not entirely true. And it's the oppressor versus oppressed narrative. And in their manifesto, that was all about economic stratification and classes of people in society, the bourgeois and the proletariat. Well, that narrative has been used uh, to create division and strife in Western society using the particular uh, brand of identity politics that is most likely to foment division among civil society in any country that it shows up in so that the ultimate aim of violent revolution might be conducted and carried out successfully, uh, which has always been the end. It's laid out very clearly uh, throughout the manifesto, and I get into that in the book. It's laid out at the end of the manifesto where they call uh, people to unite and rise up in revolution. Uh, revolution. And uh, they even go so far as to say that their aims cannot be accomplished short of the violent overthrow of the oppressor class. Uh, 
And so when you start to hear in modern society talk about certain people, groups of people being labeled as oppressors, say whites or Christians, uh, or those who act or stand as barriers in the way of this revolutionary agenda, they're being demonized as oppressors for a very important reason. It's because the ideology requires the identification of the oppressor so that you can understand as a revolutionary and a practitioner of the cause who it is that becomes the targeted object of the revolution. And so as I see that proliferate, not just outside. Now, if it wasn't entering the Defense Department, uh, believe me, I wouldn't have been compelled to write a book about it. But now what we've got is uh, something you may have heard about. You started the interview with a discussion of all the talk about diversity. Diversity is very important, but in my personal view, uh, not as it's currently defined uh, by our government or the Defense Department. Uh, In a free society, uh, you don't have to work hard to establish or obtain diversity uh, of opinions or diversity of views or worldviews because everyone comes uniquely situated to the table with a kind of diversity, intellectual and cognitive diversity. Uh, Right now, uh, we are redefining diversity to mean racial and sex-based quotas that have to be fulfilled at the cost of a merit-based promotion system, meritocracy. And so this is why this is so concerning to me. If we're interested in being a lethal fighting force, we can't allow these kinds of ideologically fueled narratives to to outweigh uh, the need for people to meet certain standards, for example, or uh, to put the best or most skilled pilot in a cockpit, for instance. All right. Well, um, meritocracy is kind of a big deal in the military, isn't it? I mean, they have ranks and you have stripes on your sleeves and, uh, you know, you, you, you get promoted for doing good work and you, you don't for not doing good work. Is, how, how, would you even, how, how could you even have a military that wasn't based on meritocracy? Well, it's an excellent question. I'm not sure that you'd have a good one. Um, no, you know, there have been other, yeah, so every organization is run differently. The Defense Department is a very unique thing. Uh, now, I'm not a spokesperson for the Defense Department. I make that very clear uh, in the front of my book, in the introduction of my book, and later in the book and the afterward, because uh, I'm not allowed to be. I'm not authorized to be a spokesperson for the Defense Department. But I do have a personal view on these things, which is what I've shared, and it's an academic work. But like I said, every organization is very different. If some organization or institution decides that it's more important to them to hire based on, say, the skin color someone was born with, uh, independent of their own choice, uh, regardless of whether they have the skills to perform a certain task, then that's that organization or institution's prerogative to do so. And many have. And for a time in our history, you know, there were things... uh, well, there are programs that, that allowed for that kind of thing. But the Defense Department uh, is shifting not just subtly away from uh, intellectual and cognitive diversity, but it's, it's shifting radically towards uh, meeting these status quo that, in my view, potentially greatly impact our lethality. And, uh, you know, all the while, one of the things I, I've mentioned on, on an earlier show is this idea that... Um, Our national defense strategy and our national security strategy uh, talk all about great power competition. China, Russia, these are what we consider peer competitors. Uh, They're they're doing great things with their military, as are we in many ways. Uh, They're developing new capabilities in my own domain, the space domain. They're they're very focused. Uh, But I'll tell you what they're not worried about is the kind of identity politics that, that, that our defense department is worried about right now. And in fact... Uh, it's my sense that if I were Xi Jinping, uh, looking at what we're doing to ourselves and the kind of strife and division we're causing, he probably laughs and helps fuel it on social media with bots and other uh, other trolls because there's nothing he'd like to see more than the United States focus on our own divisions. Uh, and what's ironic about the whole thing, and it's a tragedy, is that the very ideology uh, that I describe in the book um, that so many people are thankful I've written about uh, Marxism and and Marxist communist thought is the very ideology 
against which our nation spent great treasures of blood and iron during the 20th century. Uh, we sent millions of people into war over this uh, to, to, to contain uh, communism. And, and here, when I recognize that our rhetoric is shaping up to look like it's been created by the Marxists in the university, for example, who have a very particular agenda. When I see that showing up in the Defense Department, uh, it ought to be talked about. We ought to talk about, we ought to be grateful that it's being brought up so that we can have dialogue, investigate it, uh, look into whether or not there's merit to the argument, and then decide how we're going to act moving forward. Uh, but to dismiss it outright would be a mistake. Uh, it's Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Lomar we're talking to, and uh, he is the author of Irresistible Revolution, Marxism's Goal of Conquest and the Unmaking of the American Military. But here's my question. Everything you described there is pretty scary. Uh, how could people in high places in government and, and the military uh, not know that this is going on and not know it's a bad thing, or do they know and they are okay with it? I'm guessing it's a bit of both. Uh, I'm not willing to ascribe motives to any individual, per se, uh, and it's a great question. Um, my sense is that, we, you know, we've got stellar, stellar people in our Defense Department. Uh, many of them are compassionate people. They've got, a, they've got a unique profession, but they care about one another. They care about uh, their fellow citizens. And one of the things that uh, current, uh, say, woke or social justice uh, movements do exceptionally well is capitalize on human emotion and their compassion. And, and they do that by changing the definitions of language. Uh, I mean, what American doesn't love and appreciate words like liberty or freedom or equality? I mean, those are baked into the American philosophy in, in great degree. And so when you start using those words, but you mean something different by them, you have a different agenda in mind when you, when you push that vocabulary. It's very easy for people who say have never looked into uh, the origins of the rhetoric to uh, to buy in uh, either very willingly or um, out of fear that it, to speak out against what maybe feels uncomfortable or incorrect or wrong to them, they're somehow pitting themselves against what actually might be uh, a just or a uh, beneficent or a correct, uh, correctly motivated. Uh, movement. And what I hope to do in the book is to better educate people so that they can see that, you know, I felt really off put by a lot of this. I couldn't quite put my finger on it. Therefore, I wasn't courageous enough to stand in the face of it and say, no, I don't believe that. Uh, once they're educated a little bit better, read the book, understand the lineage of ideas. I think that you'll have uh, an entire uh, service of people or services who are willing to stand and say, you know, uh, we're Americans. We're allowed to believe as we will. We're allowed to speak freely, uh, respectfully, uh, and we're allowed to disagree. And that's uh, and it doesn't matter what the politics are. It doesn't matter what the religion is. Everyone has a right to yeah. believe and, and think and act freely in this country. And so, one of the greatest aims of my book is to hopefully uh, once again put that on the table within the Defense Department instead of uh, kind of being bullied into submission, which is what a lot of people yeah. tell me they feel like. Well, I'm um, I'm out of time, uh, Lieutenant Colonel, and uh, it's a very important book, and I hope lots of people buy it, based on especially based on what we've just heard here the last few minutes. So I appreciate you coming on. Thanks, John. I appreciate your time. Okay, that's Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Lohmeyer, and the book is uh, Irresistible Revolution, Marxism's Goal of Conquest and the Unmaking of the American Military. Okay, let's play a little game. How many pairs of footwear do you think Skechers have sold? 100 million? 200 million? 500 million? Not even close, Shunak the Magnificent. Over 2 billion with a capital B. Why? Because so many people worldwide have discovered that with every pair of Skechers, comfort is included. So once they try them on, they fall in love with the comfort. Then they get another pair, and another, and another. And how do Skechers include comfort in every pair? By being a comfort technology company and putting comfort innovations in every nook and cranny of their footwear. With features like air-cooled memory foam, hyper-burst foam, breathable knits, ultra-go cushioning, and more. And comfortable fits like relaxed fit, stretch fit, wide fit, seamless fit, arch fit with expert certified arch support, just to name a few. So if you're looking for stylish footwear that doesn't cost a fortune and feels like a million bucks, get yourself a pair of Skechers. Because no matter what pair you choose, you can be guaranteed of one thing. 
I'll be comfortable right out of the box. Find them at Skechers.com, a Skechers store, or wherever stylish footwear is sold. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to announce my new product, My Slippers. They took me over two years to develop because I didn't want just an ordinary slipper. My Slippers are meant to be worn all day long, no matter what you're doing, whether you're inside or outside. My Slippers come with an exclusive three-tier cushioning system that you won't find in any other slipper. It combines two layers of foam, including my proprietary My Pillow foam and a patented impact gel made from U.S. soybeans. My three-tier cushioning system is going to help relieve pressure points provide that micro support you need for all day comfort and help prevent fatigue. Not only that, my slippers are made with high quality leather and a premium indoor outdoor sole that make them extremely durable. I personally guarantee they're going to be the most comfortable slippers you'll ever own. This is John Steigerwald. Visit MyPillow.com for deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the new My Slippers. Click the radio listener square and enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087. Remember, use that promo code Stag. You're listening to the John Staggerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Well, you know, before we um, before we uh, jumped up with the guests, there, I was telling you about the um, the uh, fact that people who are vaccinated are more concerned about going out than the people who are not. They're they're afraid of doing. They're still afraid of doing everything. It's just it's beyond belief. But it's interesting because one of the things is. Um, Attending a sporting event, uh, 29% of the people vaccinated uh, still are, don't feel comfortable going to a game, uh, and 42% who are not vaccinated are okay with it. I bring that up because the Penguins play a game on Sunday, uh, and they're, I forget what the, the percentage of people they're allowed in the building because um, uh, we haven't reached the, I think it's the 17th is the day that we're allowed to uh, have crowds in, inside buildings for sporting events. So the Penguins are going to be thousands of people short, which is lots of money they're going to lose because it's going to be safer on Monday than it will be on Sunday for all those people to show up. It's just the stupidity never ends. We might be seeing a little tiny light at the end of the tunnel. I, I'm not going to say that for sure, but yeah, I'm off on Monday. I'll check in with you on Tuesday. See you. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.